Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is Irish Illustrated Insider brought to you by Anderson, Augustino, and Keller, Attorneys at Law, with offices in South Bend, Indiana, serving the local community's legal needs with a diverse and innovative group of lawyers. Let their team be your edge on legal matters. Contact the lawyers at Anderson, Augustino, and Keller at 574-288-1510 or visit their webpage at aaklaw.com. Welcome to Irish Illustrated Insider. Pete Sampson, Tim Priester, Tim O'Malley here a couple of days before Notre Dame's trip to North Carolina. Uh, I think when the season started, looked uh, like a pretty interesting game. Then as Notre Dame rolled and North Carolina fell apart, it became less interesting. And then after last weekend, Brandon Wimbush gets hurt with a foot injury of sorts. Uh, now it becomes interesting again. Uh, so I don't know. For me, I'm most interested to see what happens with Ian Book on Saturday afternoon and based on talking to a bunch of sources over the last 12 hours or so I will be absolutely shocked if Ian Book does not start this game yeah it it, it certainly points in that direction and and I think we're all excited to see what Ian Book can do um, I, I think we're all confident that Ian Book can play good football that's all we've seen of him when we've had glimpses of him as, as it pertains to North Carolina I mean, we knew they had lost a lot offensively. All their weapons, 98 point whatever percent of their offensive productivity. And the loss of Gene Chizik as their defensive coordinator, although they didn't have a great 2016 season on the defensive side of the football. And then you throw in the 13, you know, we throw that number around 13 season-ending injuries. Not all those guys are frontline players, of course. But about half of them are. So... I mean, they're struggling. I will stand by the notion, having watched uh, in particular the Duke game and the Louisville games, that there is athletic talent on the field for the Tar Heels. That doesn't mean that translates into good quality team football because they've struggled with that. But they've had close losses. We went through all the close losses that Notre Dame had last year. That doesn't necessarily mean that you're good or getting better, but... They have been right there. They were they they were up a point on Louisville going into the fourth quarter. So uh, I just don't think I don't think we're at a point where we can just assume Notre Dame's going to go on the road now and they're going to win by 17, 21 plus points with a backup quarterback with a backup game yeah, with, with that variable thrown into it. But um, and it's going to be the mid eighties. You know, I mean, whatever you you can look at all the variables. I, I think it's kind of a difficult game to pick against the spread. I'm confident Notre Dame will win with Ian Book or Brandon Wimbush, a quarterback, but the spread gets a little bit tricky. I agree with you. We we talked all, since the spring, I think all three of us just felt if Ian Book is thrown into a game or if Ian Book has to start a game, he will do well in that game. And then my caveat after that is then there's plenty of film on him and you don't want that situation going into USC and NC State. <coughs> uh, as, as it times out, it's going into USC and NC State, which would be the worst time to have to play your backup quarterback. This is one of the better times to play your backup quarterback. Um, obviously last week. 
would have been ideal. But Ian Book can beat well, North Carolina. I, I do agree that to assume Notre Dame's going to go in there and roll them just because Georgia Tech did last week, that's a different animal. I mean, you made the best point. Uh, the Louisville game, they were in the Louisville game. Yeah. And that, that's... I would just throw out that Georgia Tech loss last week. I, I mean, when totally you're broken a beaten up team and you're going against that option, it just yeah, how many times have we while. seen Georgia yeah, Tech right. just I mean or or Navy or what have you? Yeah, I I, I, I didn't even I, I watched part of it before going to Notre Dame Stadium last week, but that wasn't one of the games I wanted to watch this week because of 404 yards rushing. Right. Now I, I don't tell I don't think that tells us what we need to know. One thing you don't have to throw out from that game though, and Pete I think brought this up in the press box is when you play Georgia Tech or Navy the next week isn't that fun. That helps Notre Dame a little bit. Yeah. So in that way, you just there's 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 a lingering you're effect. Already beat up. Yeah, you're already beat up, and then you get to play an option. So no, but I expect Ian Book to do well. I think Ian Book has the qualities you want in a college backup quarterback. He yeah. throws ball on the run. He's he's not sneaky athletic. He's just athletic. They keep calling him sneaky athletic. He's pretty fast. Well, why right? is that? Tim? Yeah, I know that. <laughs> it's just I mean, it's a strange. Wim Bush is a sneaky good passer once in a while. No, it's just a strange thing. But I do think that he will he will fare well, and I don't think the road's a problem for him. Yeah, I mean, the, the Georgia Tech game, it was 10 nothing Georgia Tech in the third quarter. It's not like they got run off the field, and then they threw, uh, I think, not a pick six, but basically, oh yeah, it was a pick, and then a one-play yeah. touchdown drive, and then the game was over. They weren't threatening to... to challenge and take the no, lead, per se. but it's but not like, we're not were, talking about... Um, Sunbelt lower level Mac team here. Um, Mac champion? Or just Mac, Mac champion. Mac champion. Um, but I, I would say, like, the stats, I mean, I didn't think we were going to come back to this stat this year, the redshirt freshman, freshman quarterback Brian Kelly record. But it's worth keeping in mind, he's 23 and 4 when starting a freshman quarterback or a redshirt freshman what quarterback. Are the, uh, but what well, are the reasons behind that? Uh, well, the, I can tell you the reasons behind the four. The opponents were Alabama, Ohio oh, State, Clemson, and Stanford. Uh, and he's 17-0 and against an unranked opponent, starting a redshirt freshman or freshman quarterback. Why? Because they run the ball and do okay. less offensively. Okay, well, that's the answer I'm what, looking for. And what does this team do? Run the ball yeah. and do a little bit less offensively in the passing game. So it's, I think that Brandon Wimbush could win this game. I think Ian Book could win this game. I think if... Let's say that they had to start Avery Davis. Stop right there. I, I would, no, that's okay. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm skipping over to Avery Davis here. Going somewhere else. If they had to throw out Avery Davis in this game, I think they would win that too. I think that this, the way this team is set up... This one game, you're saying? This one game. I'm not saying they would win a lot of the rest of the games. Um, but in the same way that I think whatever we see from Ian Book on Saturday, I think people should be very cautious about, well, that means X. Because it is still North Carolina, which ranks, uh, let's see, 107th in yards per play allowed, 108th in passing touchdowns allowed, 109th in yards per carry allowed, and 105th in scoring defense. So, Ian Book should start, he should play well, and he should put up some really good stats. I don't think any of that will in, will trick, will send a message to me that he should start over Brandon Wimbush moving forward, nor should it send that message to anybody else. But it will. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. I'm just saying, please show some restraint. So. <laughs> well, yeah. He's going to look like Powell's against Northwestern this game, isn't he? <laughs> dropping dimes all over the field. Yeah, I think, and, and I mean, he is capable. He throws a nice ball, you know? man. I mean, he always has every time we've seen him. Uh, you know, North Carolina, um, Chaz Surratt is, he 
presents some problems. He'll he'll they'll run zone read. He'll scramble. He's got decent size. He's not Wimbush size, but he has decent size and he can he can run. Uh, I will call you know one thing. He's completing sixty three point three percent of his passes. Twenty of those are to Jordan Brown, a running back. Now at least he can make those throws, but those are obviously easier throws to make to have a high uh, completion percentage. The, I mean, they lost Austin Prohl. That's huge. They're, they're leading returning wide receiver. Uh, Anthony Ratliff-Williams has kind of emerged, um, you know, here recently. But in there, Michael Carter, their other running back, has a little bit more zip. Jordan Brown's more power. Um, you know, defensively, again, I see a lot of good individual athletes, but you can definitely run on them. Where they're tricky is on third down. They'll, they'll, they'll give you these... Yeah, the yeah, they'll, yeah, they'll put up. Yeah, they'll put up like you know, they'll put like five, six stand-up guys on the line, and you don't know exactly where it's coming from. And they are pretty good off the edge. They'll bring a corner, uh, Stewart off the edge. They've they've got some they've got some players there. But the bottom line is, Nordame goes and plays well. Nordame, you know, sticks to the plan and continues to do what Brian Kelly's been happy about and getting their refocus and doing what they have to do. And that, and that's where the key, the offensive line. I think we're at a point, especially against an opponent like this, that you can count on them being ready yeah. to plow some people. And that's that's where the difference in the game should be. I mean, it's keep the ball on the ground. Don't put Ian Book in a position where he's not not even – I'm not even going to say, like, don't make Ian Book have to carry the offense. Like, that's, that would be moronic. That's never going to – I'm saying just have him throw 12 times. Just run the ball. Be boring offensively. Your, your running backs have been very good in ball security – I trust them. They don't. 19, and if you don't, yeah, if you don't turn the ball over, there is a near one hundred percent likelihood. I bet he. Throw, I bet he. Threw, he's throwing intermediate routes better than Brandon Wimbush is right now. Pro- I mean, probably. I mean, especially right now, since you know Brandon. Wimbush <laughs> well, I mean, you know, walk. I mean, but up yeah, last Saturday. No, I think that that's that's going to be a strength of of Ian Book. That Brandon. There are some things that Ian Book does better than Brandon Wimbush, and that's okay. I think throwing on the run will be one. Throwing of them. on the run is one. Intermediate of them. routes will be another one. Uh, arm strength is not. Uh, I think throwing the likelihood of throwing an interception is much higher with the in book based on what we saw. Yeah, in you practices. just don't want him. You don't want him forcing anything into tight windows. I, I think if he avoids that temptation, he'll be fine throwing the football. But I, I agree. I don't know if I'd go so far as to say twelve, but I think what Tim said, nineteen or twenty. What you know, it's so it's hard to put a number on those kind of things because you, you know, Chip Long likes to come out and throw on first down, so I. Uh, yeah, I think you, can, I think you yeah. could trust him enough for that. For, I, for in the, the first throws, drive, but, I mean. Um, I, I think you could trust him enough for that 20 throw range. Yeah. But as long as it's yeah. 45 to 20 rush pass, that's what you need. I mean, that, that's yes. what you're looking for. A two to one. Yeah. Now, how healthy those running backs are and who those carries go to, I guess, still remains to be seen. Now, don't don't forget Josh Adams' allergies. That could be a key to the He game. did look. He looked terrible. Yeah. When he walked up to the podium, yeah. I'm like, man, what's wrong with him? <laughs> uh, and he immediately said his, his allergies were acting up. And, but he took some vitamin C, so I think it's going to be okay. I think injured... Or hurts Josh Adams running with Ian Book is plenty. Not sure hurt Dexter Williams or Tony Jones would be plenty on the road. That could get dicey a little bit. Uh, you know Josh Adams can run through bumps, bruises, sprains, and twists. And I don't know if Dexter Williams can because we've never seen it. Uh, and he is not the type of runner that should lose his speed <laughs> and be as effective. Josh Adams will gut out if he has to. If he can't move. He will carry 15 times for 71 yards if he can't physically move his body. He'll find a way. But uh, I think they definitely they definitely need him. They definitely need Josh Adams. I would be concerned if you enter this game and Josh Adams goes down the first quarter. Yeah, I mean, because the other guys aren't healthy. Either. Right, it's, they're not healthy. I'm yeah, not... I, I feel like my expectation for running back is Josh Adams will start. 
he'll he'll log his 17, 18 carries. He'll be, get dinged up, come out, go back in, <laughs> come back out. Tony Jones will probably get 10, 12 carries. I think Dexter Williams will get like two or be a DNP. He looked more hurt than they, yeah. than they told us. He was limping. Although we, we noticed him limping during the um, pregame, yeah. pregame, but he also was wearing a boot. So we have to be cautious about what we say he's limping. You do kind of limp in a boot, right? It just, you, you don't, have to. You don't walk right. So <laughs> you can't. He was in a boot you're, pregame. You're, you're offset. He did not, yeah, exactly. He did not look <laughs> like he was ready to play football in a week, though. No, because <laughs> when, when you're wearing a walking boot, usually you're not. That's what Brandon Wimbush was wearing. Well, where's Mike Bean's ankle brace? Mike yeah. Bean, a longtime Notre Dame trainer, I, I think dating back fairly close to my playing days of baseball in Notre Dame, not quite that long, but he's been around for a long time, and uh, he's created apparently an ankle brace that has really helped people. It's a everybody, Every uh, running back on the roster should have a pair of those ankle braces in their locker. Yeah, Ed, and quarterback. You know, it's something that sort of picked up some momentum on the message board because of something C.J. Holmes put on in social media that apparently he may be active this weekend. And then that creates the usual, well, do you, do you want to play a freshman debate? We'll see. Um, but, it, you know, you got, with Dan McIntosh, you at least have five able bodies in some way. In some way, yeah. That's I good. think Dexter That's Williams is the least able of the five. Yeah, and I think, I mean... I understand. C.J. Holmes has not traveled to the two previous no. road games. I, it makes perfect sense to take him. I don't think that means he's going to play, uh, regardless what he tweeted out or put on Instagram or whatever. I mean, I, I you, you don't want to you don't want to use his year of eligibility if you don't have to. And I mean, is he? And I understand about running backs and five years yeah. and all that kind of stuff, but. I mean, they went into the season feeling he wasn't one hundred percent. Right, you don't want one hundred percent five weeks later. I, I, you know, I, I would be, I would use if CJ Holmes had been suspended instead of hurt, and he's ready to play, I would throw him out there immediately because if he's any good whatsoever, he will not start for Notre Dame in his fifth year because he'll leave like he should, and if he just comes back for a fifth year, he's going to get beaten out by a better player. So the fifth year running backs don't. I can list them. Are we ready? Here's the fifth-year running backs at Notre Dame since 1972 that have ever done anything. Julius Jones. He was suspended as a senior. That's it. One yeah. former freshman redshirt has ever led the program in rushing. Sierra Wood. And he was the last guy in the world that was coming back. Yeah. For a senior year. For a fifth year. It's just they don't they don't come back in five years. Here's what I've gathered on, on C.J. Holmes. Like His family is is very adamant about him playing this year. Because it's the first step to making it to the NFL. And running backs That's not five. somebody who's yeah. coming back for a fifth year. No. And, and I, when I said suspended, I was throwing it out there in that he'd been, I've been healthy. He was, he was obviously yeah. not suspended. I didn't mean to say that on, you know, people that misinterpret that. I'm saying if for some, if he wasn't hurt with that shoulder yeah. surgery and he's just yeah. ready to roll and you need him all of a sudden, yeah, go out there. But if he's healthy, go with it. Because, I mean, you look at the, the stats. I wrote about this a little bit yesterday. Deion McIntosh's efficiency is... is I've, I've never seen anything like it. It's that you low. Um, he's at 21%. I mean, last week he had one efficient carry and 12 rushes, and the week before he had four efficient carries and 12 rushes. He scored two touchdowns. Uh, I think he's a good guy to run out the clock with, but in terms of, oh, mm, it's the second quarter. It's 7-3. We need to play. Oh, yeah. and, and Josh Adams just went down, that's and why Tony thought, Jones says he can't play. Uh, C.J. Holmes, yeah, get out there. That's why I thought it, his performance against Boston College was – a little blown out of proportion because they Notre Dame's offensive line at that point was plowing. Yeah. I mean, I mean, there may have been some second team 
reps there. Yeah. And and so BC Boston had College their back. Done. Yeah, BC was done. Their stars were done. Their back of us weren't weren't in the frame of mind to play. And so McIntosh, any one of us would have had four or five yards on his eight or nine yard carries. So um yeah, he's he's listed at one ninety three. You wouldn't think he's one ninety three. He's a smaller back. And yeah, I there's a reason why they moved him to receiver last year. Right. And a reason why they moved him back this year. All right, let's move ahead to the picks. O'Malley, you start. Yeah, I just, I would be cautious with Notre Dame favored by this much on the road, given the circumstances of the team. Um, but I think the defense will play like they have been. They play hard all the time. They're not perfect. They will miss some tackles, I think, against better athletes than they played last week. And I'm in that Ian Book can put 30 points on the board, too, with Notre Dame running game. Because the reason I said Notre Dame <laughs> going to score so many points this year was because of the running game, not because I thought they were going to throw. So running the ball more means right. just as many points to me as it would. So I am in the, I just bumped it up a little, in the 33-20 range. Not covering. If it's 30-20, to 20, if it's 30-21, I'm not going to be surprised. I think North Carolina will get to 20. People are knocking on the door right now of, someone's going to break through against this defense. I don't think it has to be USC, and I think North Carolina's right there in a game. Where no one's really giving them any shot, so they will play pretty well. Uh, I don't know how well they're gonna. North Carolina's going to play I, I think Notre Dame has proven itself defensively that they're good. They're not great. They're not going to get ripped up by a redshirt freshman named Chaz. Like that. <laughs> Spelled with like, double Z. Yeah. I thought it's better. Let me say this. Even, <laughs> even Brian Van Gorder's defense would shut down a quarterback named Chaz. No, now we're getting off <laughs> the rails here a little bit. <laughs> but I do think Ian Book handing the ball off does, is, is just fine. Does Chaz have a pulse? Chaz. <laughs> Chaz. Chaz. So I like Notre Dame 41 20. I do, I don't think they're I don't think a defense is going to shut them down entirely, um, but I think the twenty will include a touchdown in the fourth quarter when the game is already decided. I, I guess I that's our Dame, difference. I like Notre Dame to win comfortably on that, Saturday. That's our difference. Mine's the thirty three twenty without it being like attack on touchdown. So that's yeah. the game I kind of that's look a at. that's yeah. like a that's a fourteen point difference between our right, picks. Right. Like the style of the game, I think we see something. Yeah, different. I'm kind of, I'm kind of right there with you guys. I, I'm kind of inclined. To pick something a little bit closer than the spread, just because Notre Dame going on a road, fourteen and a half point favor, backup quarterback. I mean, I'm just not. I'm not sure that we can make that leap all of a sudden with, with uh, uh, you know a road game. But I think I think North Carolina. Will, I do think North Carolina will challenge. I, I I do. Now, what does challenge mean? Will they ever lead? Will they be within you know ten points after the first quarter and a half? You know, I I don't know. I I just I don't think this will be. Is it over at halftime for everybody? I, I, Overish. Like, yeah, well, like, okay, so what? What's uh, the lead to Beast, call it? Well, over? Michigan State like was twenty-one over. to three. Michigan State was over at halftime. If they didn't, blow no, it well, that was twenty-eight-seven. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Uh, will, will it be twenty-eight-seven at half? Will Notre Dame have a twenty-one point lead at halftime? I say no. I say no as well. Yeah, I think it will be a game okay. at halftime. It won't be a game at the end of the third quarter, though. I think that's where they'll. I just don't think we should be. I don't. We just shouldn't be shocked if North Carolina plays pretty well. They've played pretty well. I, it's going to rain, you know, just in honor of us being out there. It better not. No, 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 it's not. No, he's kidding. It's okay. going to be. It's going to be. It's going to be. Actually, in the is a tropical storm coming through. That's well, going to get there. Land get the hell out of there. Afternoon. <laughs> tropical storm Nate. Gotta find my glow stick picture from yeah. last year. If it was tropical storm Chaz, then I might be. Re- Reconsidering. The I wish thing. everybody could have seen this motley crew walking from the parking lot to the press box and back, and then on the way back, 
O'Malley notices that there was a tree that was unearthed yeah. while we were while in the we were stadium. Inside. Can we buzz the Carter Finley Stadium to see if they replanted while we're down there? I just remember Pete. Uh, so we're in the press box, and you could see the um, towers and the light fixtures swaying. That's how we knew it was windy, aside from the ball not being able to go forward when they yeah. threw it. But so we walk outside to go to the interview room. <laughs> Pete opens his umbrella and just gets oh, completely geez. eviscerated <laughs> by the wind. I was like, ah, maybe they shouldn't have been throwing so much. <laughs> not, uh, not a good situation. Hopefully we'll be much nicer on our uh, trip to Tobacco Road this weekend. So we will get into segment two questions for our readers on Twitter next on Irish Illustrated Insider. Irish Illustrated Insider is brought to you by Anderson, Augustino, and Keller, attorneys at law, with offices in South Bend, Indiana. Serving the local community's legal needs with a diverse and innovative group of lawyers. Let their team be your edge on legal matters. Contact the lawyers at Anderson, Augustino, and Keller at 574-288-1510 or visit their webpage at aaklaw.com. Segment two of Irish Illustrated Insider. Questions from our, from our readers, starting with Irish Bob. Is this the best team chemistry you've seen in a Notre Dame football team? Mm, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. If I think if they win the rest of their games, then yes. And if they don't, maybe. If they fall apart, then no. It's a it's a good question in terms of best. It's impossible to say, but uh, team chemistry. They have lost a game and rallied, so that is usually mm-hmm. where you That's look for some thing. team chemistry. Um, That's the 2015 team lost to Clemson, and they were... There was nothing but we're going to keep winning from that post game. When you talk to Nick Martin and Joe Schmidt, they were they were angry that they had lost that game to a great team. Um, Notre Dame was pretty angry they lost the game to Georgia to mm-hmm. a, to a, what's becoming a very good team. So I think they have really good team chemistry. Um, I know it's better than 2016. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> when and coaching staff chemistry. And I know it's better than 1994, my senior year, when they were all fighting on the bus before losing the Fiesta Bowl. Also a bad team chemistry year. And seeing guys out the linebacker until 3 in the morning on Thursday night was bad. When they start... And play poorly in football. Anyway, segue. Go ahead. Uh, well, I cover the nineteen. I cover the nineteen eighty eight team, and I can't possibly imagine a chemistry, especially on defense. I I can't imagine greater chemistry than that. But we're not talking about that level well, of yeah and of I, team. I, I mean, it, it's really good. It's really really in good. In the face of a loss, too, is is what yeah. We really no, I agree. I think that's a good benchmark. I think this is worth noting. I don't think the twenty twelve team had great team chemistry. I think it had huge, slightly disruptive personalities on the defensive NFL line. NFL talent on the D-line. At a quarterback who I believe threw sort of a fit uh, during the Purdue game and was benched for Reese yeah. and, and the, then got benched again later and then was late for a class and was benched for a series against Miami. I mean, it's like professor whose name he didn't know. Right. I mean, I think that that team was had some amazing, like all-time great leadership at the top. But I don't know if it had chemistry from one to eighty-five, and I think this team seems to have it. I mean, it's it's been interesting this week talking to players about uh, the you know I wrote about this on Sunday, but just sort of the locker room being rearranged because it it certainly has forced players to get to know guys they wouldn't know. Quentin Nelson was asked like you know where his locker because the locker apparently has moved around, and he used at one point he was next to Kofi Wardlow like. I don't think Quentin Nelson naturally would yeah, say anything to Kofi Wardlow. And the fact that like when he was asked, what did you learn about Kofi Wardlow? 
if he if he had respi- replied he's on the team, I would have accepted that as like that's something you really would learn because I don't think they would ever interact. Um, so I, I think that's that has some good benefits from it. And I think one of those benefits, maybe if you really want to look hard, and I tried to squint and see it this way, was the points off turnovers that. When the defense makes a play, then the offense wants to respond and make a play, and that's why I think it's seventy to three for yeah, the season. Yeah, that's crazy numbers. Uh, eleven turnovers forced, ten touchdowns off those eleven turnovers. I don't see I, things like that, and, and you've written about those kind of things, and I, I don't think those in itself make a great team, but it does add to the chemistry uh, of a football team, and that's important in the grand scheme over the course of a physical twelve-game schedule. It's it's very important to have that. Yeah, it's like do they do they create the great team or are they just byproducts of a great team? I don't really know. That's what somebody um, asked me on Twitter yeah. about is going on the road and is that the greatest improvement? Well, that that's a byproduct of improved strength and conditioning, better coordinators, running the football, you know, all the things that better add game up plan to yeah, with, you don't yeah. just go on the road and win, it's all the things that all add to it. And things like developing chemistry. You know, I don't know that people really realize that when you're a part of a football team, you, you can't know everybody. There's there's especially when you're offense defense, even if you even if you mix lockers up, that assists, but you know, a lot of guys, especially the older guys, they don't I mean, you can imagine some of the seniors and fifth-year seniors don't know any of the freshmen and don't care to. Yeah, I mean, I think it all sort of traits back to this is when we described the, I think the Michigan State performance as like very well coached. I think these kinds of things are signs of a well-managed, well-coached team. So I, I give, I give Brian Kelly a lot of credit for this. Including the eight-man groups they had in the summer and spring, where they actually had a comp, they wanted to win. Everything, the eight-man group, mm-hmm. it was, I mean, it could be from sprints to better practice to cleaning up your locker, but there was actually a winner, and they took pride in it, and the eight-man groups weren't the eight linebackers and eight wide mm-hmm. receivers. They were all mixed up. That was, he started back in January. It's a good it's idea. It's a good thing. Seems to be working. It's pretty cool. So, I mean, yeah. athletes of this caliber and that competitiveness, they want to compete, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you know, it's, playing a video yeah. game, whatever. So, I yeah, I... That in and of itself isn't why they win, but it it contributes to being a, a team with greater chemistry. Dip ninety eight, one of the few players that could benefit from Ian Book starting might be Kevin Stepperson, given that the two probably shared significant second and third team practice reps during Stepperson's stay in the doghouse. Agree, disagree, or who else might benefit? Um, I, I guess I disagree, just because I, I don't think it. I think it's a. I disagree in a on a point of irrelevance. I I don't think that. Ian Book starting is going to have a whole lot to do with Kevin Stefferson's success or lack of lack thereof. Yeah, I mean, I I, I don't, I mean, maybe, but I, I, you know, over the course of August and all that, I mean, they're 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 throwing to everybody, and I realize this is you know, you're talking about like a scrimmage situation, twos versus twos. Um, I, I just they're they're throwing they're throwing passes. Throughout the summer, you know they're 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 learning the timing of how a guy gets out of his break, things like that. I just don't think this is. I don't think you can assume that. Okay, he was working second team. He was working second team. Therefore, they have better chemistry. They may, but I don't think you can make that assumption. I think Stefferson's going to benefit from this being game two instead of game one, where obviously they're pressing to get on the ball and. I think he'll benefit more from the next week of practice, and I would say benefit from game three. But I kind of hope he's. Comfortable by the time game three rolls. Yeah, it would. No, I mean, make no mistake. It would be nice if you could get him yeah. ready to roll three or game four, three. three or four touches 
you know, as opposed he had a minus three reception or something yeah. last week. I mean, you know, four four catches for fifty two yards that would be really nice progress. They will and then, take a shot deep to Stefferson. This that's game. a good yeah, that'd yeah. be right, great idea. Maybe first play of the game. Chip Long likes to. I, I mean, I don't know how many. Maybe I'm missing. I, no, you're I, right. He hit St. Brown to start the season for 33 yards. Yeah. He missed a flea flicker that should have been a touchdown. Right. So and they he like Cam to Smith that should have been a touchdown. So you're right. They do. Yeah. Maybe with Ian Book, you don't do that. Maybe you do. Why not? St. Brown at Michigan State was you know first drive at yeah. least. Yeah. Um, yeah, they'll they'll go deep early. Maybe Kevin Jefferson can be that guy. All right, questions from Twitter. Uh, rapid fire. First one is Chris Piper. If Notre Dame loses at North Carolina, what happened? <laughs> Uh, I'd say um, there's a mistake in the kicking game because I've been kind of hinting towards there's going to be another there's going to be a long kick return. They're they're giving up. Yeah, they're giving up too many. Feels like that's happening. Uh, And I would think that there is probably a red zone failure for Notre Dame going in, which hasn't happened yet because that takes time off the clock, which Carolina needs with no points. And I think there has to be a this this trio has to happen. I think there has to be a major defensive play that sets up a touchdown. You lose you lose a turnover battle. Yeah. Which in the wrong yeah. area too. Yeah, yeah, right, right, yeah. right. Um, you know that's. I mean, in any football game, yeah, uh, three uh, to one is a problem. If yeah. you can go down three, to right, three to one. Um, a stat that I'm interested to track in this game is that remember how well Nordheim's third down defense started out the first three games. Well, they're giving up fifty percent conversion rate in the last two. Now North Carolina has been dreadful on third down offensively. But Surratt has that ability to convert a third and six by scrambling and doing something with his legs. So, you know, if if North Carolina is suddenly going from whatever they are, 26% conversion rate to 42 in this game, then, you know, they possess the football a little bit more and maybe make it close. That That's a stat that I think, I think Mike Elko certainly would like to see a turnaround this week after the last two weeks. Yeah, it's not quite like I was all up in the uh, nickel defense at the beginning of the year, that's and really taken a huge yeah. hit the yeah. last couple of weeks. Uh, next question. This is a combo because these guys asked the same one from Brett Slama and Carlton Butler, and they basically both want to know why doesn't Josh Adams get more respect nationally? Honestly, I think the loss to Georgia. He didn't have like a, a very, Heisman situation. Yeah, yeah he didn't have a very good game. He had a bad game um, just because the whole offense did, and. There was that was the visible game. They lost. He didn't play well, so people really nationally don't care about your yardage against. Uh, and he didn't have a great game against Michigan State. If you're looking at it nationally, he, think of it that way. You know, the yards have come against Temple, BC, and mm-hmm. Miami, Ohio. So it makes sense. I mean, we know he's really good, but he has not had great big games. I wouldn't say Georgia was his fault at all, or very little of it. Um, and he was banged up against Michigan State and had to run through it. Yeah, and you're looking at, you know, Saquon Barkley from Penn State. They're undefeated. He's his highlights up, are yeah, he's, his highlights are outstanding. He's got a kick return in there, and then Bryce Love's got Bryce Love's in four figures rushing already. USC would help. They'll be on national TV if Josh Adams is 175 yards against USC. He'd be he'd start to get more. Well, that's like but even in that game, be. like Josh Adams to me is not going to be the best running back in that game. I mean Ronald Jones, right. unless he is the best running back in that game, that can help him. Does that make on, on that day? Unless he, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Is. No, I'm just. I, I right. think the reason Josh Adams doesn't get more respect nationally is you look at him as a, a pro athlete, and you just see more athletic running backs. Well, the other thing is he's 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 on a team that was four and eight last year, so yeah. going into the season there was no respect for anything too. or anybody on the Notre Dame team. Let's be fair too. If Josh Adams had 98 yards and two touchdowns and they beat Georgia, he'd be getting more respect nationally. He had about. 12 years. So that's, that's I would agree. I, but, but I but I still think but I I bet we would still think 
that he wasn't getting you know as much publicity certainly as as sure. Love and, and Barkley. Yeah, I'm I'm all for BK saying whatever he wants to say. Yeah, about yes, Josh yep. Adams. Yep. I think the Saquon Barkley thing is it's, it's silly, but that's you know, <laughs> come to the defense of your player. Like that that's great. I, I think it's what a head coach should do. He has does everything they ask him to do. So that's Josh Adams hey, does everything you know, he can do. He's Crazy. got he's got to stay all healthy too. I mean, he can't. But he does run through it. He, he does, through no, it. he's played. He's been in Nordic uniform for thirty games. He's played in every one of them, and he's a warrior. There's no doubt about that. But he, he usually he has he exited every game this year with yes, with he's, something. He's five for five so, coming out injured. You know, I, a lot of factors. I, you know, I don't know if the question's asked because Nordic's not getting any respect. I don't know if it's a matter of that, but I think a big part is they were four and eight last year, yeah. and they didn't respect anybody on I this think team. Without question, Josh Adams is a hard ass and should get more respect for that. Yep, because yes. he is super tough. All right, next question is from Tim, and he wants to know what do we think about Jonathan Bonner's development? Not a guy that I hear much about. Um, you had I tweeted, tweeted about him, and then I asked a question of Brian Kelly this week, and he, you know, I mean, I he he's. He's tough. He holds a point of attack. I don't know that he's a playmaker. I, I don't think that he's shown to be a playmaker, but the starting point with this defensive line this year was holding the point of attack. I've yep. used the phrase a billion times because that was the the next step was not making plays behind the line of scrimmage. The next step was holding a point of ta- a point of attack. Okay, now can you get some things done in the backfield? They had 11 tackles for loss in the first game. They've had 19 in the last four games, so that's Kind of diminished because there's a, there's a cap on the the talent that's on, on that defensive line. Mike Elko puts them in schemes uh, that benefits the whole, which is why Jerry Tillery's leading leading the team in sacks. And I'm ask, I'm answering everything except about Jonathan Bonner. Um, I mean, he's not he's not a great player, but he's a he's a solid functional football player, and it it's a good fit with what's happening around him. I think. MTA is a guy that has certainly much more long-term ability. He's longer. He's he he's quicker. He can, you know, he can get he can crease gaps better than Bonner. But Bonner is Bonner's a godsend under the the yeah. circumstances. I think if MTA was a junior, he'd be starting, and Bonner would be an excellent backup to him. Yeah. And we'd be talking more about how valuable it is to have a backup like Bonner. But he's forced into being yeah. the starting role, and he's 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 doing what they ask him to do. Yeah. Uh, he certainly isn't a problem. No, I mean, I, I look, Notre Dame has essentially 13 starters because Trombetti and Crawford are kind of yeah. starters. But if you rank them 1 to 13, I think Bonner would be 13. Sure, that's fair. But he's a fine 13. Yeah, he yeah. is. You yeah. know, the same way that... He's a better I, 13 than we thought he would be because we talked about yeah. this before the year started. Definitely. He was the last starter. What defensive line, I wrote about this in Thursday Thoughts, what defensive lineman that's playing hasn't improved since the first game of the season. I can name one, but it's unfair to name that one because... So, I mean, the guys are Hayes, Hayes, Bonner, Tillery. Trombetti. Trombetti. Aquara. Kareem. MTA. I mean, Heinish, I Heinish guess, is, is the only that's one. What, that's what he's what not would, playing anymore. Right, but it's not his right. fault. No, yeah. exactly. That's, a, that's the one that would have yeah. named. He's, he certainly is he playing been a red, He would have been a redshirt. He would have been a redshirt, but, but when he has played... Again, he's held the point of attack. Yeah. He has a real tough time getting off blocks to make a play. But he's a freshman nose. Yeah. I mean, that's, ask him to help that's a ridiculous him. ask under the circumstances. Basically, they're 9 for 9 then. Yeah. All right, next question. This is still on the defensive line from Kung Pao Poyo. Tim Priester was a disappointed father about Jerry, Chiller, Jerry Tiller at the beginning of the year. Is now is he now a proud papa? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, video right I, <laughs> I think the body wearing the uniform number 99 
has gotten a lot better. I mean, I you know, I he looks just like physically in a uniform. I, that's interesting. Nah, you started done, that way, man. He looks. He's done a great job. Good. I give him all the credit in the world. I give Quentin Nelson credit. I give Mike Elston a ton of credit. Mike Elston. You know, Quentin for, Nelson for putting him through the ringer. In the yes, summer. right. Yeah. They were workout partners. What Mike Elson has done, which is directly tied to Mike Elko coming in and creating everything that they're doing defensively. Jerry Tillery has done a really, really nice job. Will he play defensive tackle in the NFL? No. Could he play offensive tackle in the NFL? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that that ultimately would be his best position, but he hasn't played the position on a higher level. So, but he's done a he's done a great job. I don't think that I've been shy about saying Joe, Jerry Tillery every week is doing a really really nice job and has vastly improved. His stamina is incredible compared to where it was. Great job, Jerry Tillery. Proud yeah. proud um, analyst stepdad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tangent. Uh, Mike Elston is the defensive line coach of. All five of the best defensive lines in the Brian Kelly era. Wanted to put that out there because couldn't have been told more than a hundred times about how Mike Elston had to be removed from the defensive line. And look what happens when he coaches the line; they play well. Yeah. Just want to say that. Yeah, I mean Jerry Tillery still has probably twenty-one <laughs> starts left in his college career. I mean, he seems like he could have. There's probably going to be some dominant performances in there. You know, you it's not going to be 21. I mean, I don't, but. I don't see him being an NFL defensive tackle. Yeah. There are too many. He's yeah. got a he has, guy in a roster. He's right. got, he has the dimensions. Yeah. That's that's one thing that he really has going for him. That God gave him six foot six, and then he's building onto the three hundred plus. Mm-hmm. And the stakes of the bet are classified. But Pete Sampson and I have a Jerry Tillery related season bet, so we will fill you in on that at the end of the year. Just possibly. Just know that I am cheering for every tackle for loss that your children. Uh, and our last question from Dreamcatcher, and he wants to know how long do you think it will take Brandon Wimbush to improve and be a complete passer? The more they put him in situations like last week in Boston College, where he has to learn to throw those routes accurately, uh, the better. I can't. I'm not smart enough. Nobody's smart enough to know um, when that happens exactly. Uh, I think the first step, I've said it in the last couple podcasts, the first step is when when Brandon Wimbush believes he can make those throws and doesn't distrust what his eyes are seeing, then we'll see a significant difference. I'm really curious, and this is something I don't want to ask BK about until the foot injury, and now it doesn't make any sense to ask it. I, I'm curious just from a development of a quarterback standpoint, as a coach, you look at a young quarterback, when do you say he can't do this, so let's stop doing it? Versus he can't do this, but I think he can do it. We need him to do it. Let's keep pushing. Like, not, not yet. That, that line. Yeah, I think it's way too early to. No, make just that. like what's on each side of the line. Well, I tried to ask that question yeah. this week, or where where do you strike the balance between? Okay, we got to win the game, and that means giving Brandon yeah. Wimbush stuff he can handle. He didn't really answer it. Yeah, I'm, I guess I'm looking more like away from the pressures of a game. Like when you look at a quarterback, think like you know he just he can't make that throw. So let's let's just scrap that but versus like well we really i think he can make this fade even though like he's completing it at 20 yeah i think they're right a now. long way from coming to that conclusion because Next what's August, he lacking yeah. physically to make yeah i don't know throws? i right. don't think i mean i don't think there's anything yeah. he's lacking physically to make those throws accuracy is the kind of thing where you can improve it but there's 
there's a high water mark for your accuracy, just as there was for the guy that comes to mind for me is Malik Zaire. There was a high water mark. Brandon Wimbush is much higher. Decisiveness will make him more accurate statistically by a long shot because there'll be more touchdowns, yards, and completions. But that doesn't mean he will be a quarterback where you're like, why? Wow, he is just puts it on the back shoulder wherever he wants to. And that, but statistically, he can become accurate because there's guys open. Yeah, when just, just if he, let's see, he hits Cam Smith and Nick Wisher last week. 75 yards, two touchdowns, right. you know, that, it, looks better. We, it looks better. We it's, talked about that on the last podcast. Like, maybe that's just what the passing game is. They, he hit three of three deep balls. Passing game's great. He hit one of three. Man, he really struggled. And <laughs> the, the, the difference between those two things are, is inches, 50 yards down the field, with maybe a defensive back or two hanging on a receiver. It just, it, it's really, really fine line. The other part is... When his mechanics become consistent, yeah. when he doesn't have to think about his mechanics, decisiveness. When he, ta- yeah. yeah, and when he doesn't have to think about, can I get that throw in there or not? When all those things come together, sooner rather than later, I'm sure. And that's why when I said a couple of weeks ago, okay, or after the Michigan State game, all right, now give him some intermediate stuff to throw in you guys over. Like, no, right, you both say, and I get that, and I and I get that. Yeah. But if you're Brian Kelly, you're thinking, okay. I see this guy, I think this is what he's thinking, I see this guy make these throws in games, and he needs, to, or in practice, yeah. and he needs to make these throws for us to beat USC, NC State, Miami, Stanford. So you have to, so when you play Miami, Ohio, yeah, go ahead and go back to that. I probably would have mm-hmm. given him something that he had success with more early in the game against Michigan State. They didn't necessarily do that. Yeah, that's like when that game was unfolding, I could sense people on online were just like, just run it, run it, run the ball. And I'm like, you yeah, actually should just turn this into a practice for Brandon Wimbush. And they kind of did. I think, yeah, but then you start two for nine. So I think from golf yeah. to basketball to baseball to football, you're not good if you think doing anything in any of those sports. You should be naturally doing things, reacting. It, it has to be instinct. It yeah, it, it has to be. And, you know, I mean, I, what young quarterback doesn't go through that process of, can I get that in there? Or, can I trust myself to get that there? Mm-hmm. At this level, with, with the athletes that are running around out there and everything that's expected of a college quarterback today, which is incredible, I think it, virtually everybody goes through that. And I think Brian Kelly's a long way from conceding that, oh, he can't make that play. Now, maybe there's uh, there are some specifics there that we don't know or understand, yeah. but I think he's a long way from conceding he can't make that play or that play. Yeah, it's. I think it's going to be a fascinating... It's probably more of a topic for spring ball, but uh, I think yeah. it's, a, it's a fascinating... How do you evaluate this like philosophy question? Now, that sidearm, that sidearm, side-winding throw, you could probably Behind table the that. that goes backwards. Right, or rolling to your left, you could yeah, probably yeah, just hold on to that one for, yeah. for so a while. So there are a couple things on the other side yeah, of the yeah, line. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, on that note, that's it for this week's Irish Illustrated Insider. We're all headed down to... Chapel Hill tomorrow, and we will be there for pregame instant analysis, postgame instant analysis, columns, all sorts of good content from Notre Dame, North Carolina, and then we'll be back Monday for our next bi week podcast. So until then, Tim Priester, Tim O'Malley, I'm Pete Sampson. Thanks for listening. Driving. Trees went